traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, dark territory. I know she's not deaf or dumb or retarded or anything. Ordering in Wonderland, the Twilight Zone review. Today, Professor Stork is surrounded by the many familiar artifacts that shaped his father's life, and the one unknown object that ended it. As a scientist, he's about to embark on his darkest research project yet. His conclusion will lie somewhere between the barrel of a gun and the outer regions of the Twilight Zone. traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition. And it lies between the pit of one's fears and the summit of one's knowledge. You are now traveling through a dimension of imagination. You just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Hello! Citizens, welcome to LIW The Twilight Zone Review, episode 138 for the 2019 series 109, The Blue Scorpion, which is apparently the name of a goddamn gun for some reason. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know at all. But whatever. So uh, I will say, today I expected our episode to be super, super... It's about a gun. Let's stop right the fuck there. It's about a goddamn gun. So, of course, given the track history of this season, I expected to be like, hey, guns are evil. You're evil if you own one. Even if you look at a gun or if you admire a gun or if you've seen a photograph of a gun, you're evil. You're evil. We're liberal. You're evil. Guns are bad. Guns kill people. Guns will sneak up into your house and rape your wife if you're sleeping. They, they're that fucking evil. Guns are evil. Guns are, they're like insidious little creatures that creep into the walls. Even if you're thinking, if you have a dream about a gun, you don't want a gun. You, you're just like, I'm anti-gun. But if, even if you have a dream where you hold a gun, the gun will sleep, you know, sneak in through the walls, coming through the drywall. And it slips along the paint and it goes along the side of the wall when you're sleeping next to your family. You sleep next to your whole family for some fucking reason. That's really weird. You should probably have separate bedrooms. Maybe you're really poor. Guns creeping along the wall, going down the wall, going along, and it slips along the side of the bed there, and it creeps up, and it crawls over your wife, over your wife, or maybe even your husband. I don't know. We don't want to make too many judgments here. Maybe you're gay. Who knows? Point is, it goes along the, the, the outline of your partner, and it creeps along the blanket on the outside there and it slips along and it goes along and it just ends up it goes under the blanket there and it burrows it burrows deep in the blanket under the under the sheet too because you have sheets because you really want to feel comfortable cool in the cool in the winter cool in the summer rather and uh, warm in the winter and it sleeps along it creeps along underneath there it gets right and it goes down your arm and you feel that the hair is tingling reaching out to grab it but it can't because it's hair and it goes along your forearm and it goes down the palm of your hand and then it goes oh it's right inside your hand and it just fits there and your hand grips it normally and just like it's just like it was meant to be because you had one dream about it so therefore you're a psychopath and it goes ahead and your hand just automatically grips it and the next thing you know, you're answering questions to a policeman because you shot your family to death because guns are evil and you're evil. Why the fuck do you even think about having a gun? You're evil. Holy shit, guns are evil. That's what I expected. 
So that's what I expected in this fucking episode. I expected it to go that fucking far, just be based on what the fuck I saw before. Not all men episode had me convinced. It's just going to be this after this after this. With that being said, not so much. This episode keeps up a sci-fi plot. It's not an amazing plot, but it got to the point where the expectations were so low. And maybe that was the point of this season. Maybe that's what they're going for by going, oh, we need to tank what people think we could be just so that we we can show anything. And people are like, holy shit, it didn't preach to me. That was amazing. Because at the end, I was like, oh, okay. It didn't preach to me. I'll rate it higher than normal. That's fucked up. I don't want to be in that position. I had to go back and go, no, I'll drop it a star. And that's fucked up. I don't want to be in that position. But... Let's just start talking about the episode here. It's just me by myself, and I will go on and on and on. So Chris O'Dowd, I like him a lot. He's great. He's having, he's walking into some house. He's having a fucking like marital argument. Like I'll fucking call the lawyer. And then he's like showing up at his dad's house. He's got his dad. His dad has like a 1970s fucking swinging sex party palace. I don't know what the fuck that place is. It's covered in like, you know fucking posters from like Monterey pop 1967 and shit like that. It's just like you expect Austin powers to come in and go, Whoa, this place is overdone. Holy shit. Calm it the fuck down. It's, it's fucking insane. It is completely like 1972 in that place. Um, he's talking on the phone to his ex-wife. You can tell just by the dialogue they're having, he walks in and he's like, Oh, and he kind of, he realizes he sees something he doesn't want to see. And he, he like slowly drops the phone. He's like, no, 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 no. And he really, and he says like, Calls the cops, and his dad shot himself, and that's what he sees. He looks down, a bullet that says Otis, and the word Otis slowly vanishes on the bullet. And it's like, okay, that's I'm guessing his dad's name is Otis. The cops show up. He's doing an interview with the cops, and he's like clearly not wanting to talk to them at all, understandably. And then um, the cop shows him a note, and he sees a note, and then it says, I love him more than you. And and I was like, okay, what the fuck does this? Because we don't really necessarily know it's a note to his son. But when we hear that it's written from the father, and then we see a cop hand it to the son, we just kind of assume it's written from the son to the fa- from the father to the son. And that's just where your brain goes automatically because that makes sense, right? We. S- he wrote this, here you are, here's this note, you're the recipient of this note, therefore, and it's about you. Could be about fucking anything written by anybody, we don't know. The point is, I'm like, does he have his older brother? That's fucking weird. Uh, I don't want to know what his dad thought about his son at this point, it's kind of weird. Um, Jordan Peele comes in here, does his little intro there, as you heard, says his name is Professor Jeffrey Mingus Stork, and I'm like, that is a gross fucking name, Mingus, come the fuck on, no way, really, Stork, Mingus, Jeffrey, ugh, gross, three in a row, no, it's a fucking terrible name, seriously, gross, Mingus, nobody's name is Mingus, that sounds like a vaginal discharge, I, like, well, you, it says here you've been spewing mingus for three weeks now. Do you think you should get this checked out by a gynecologist? Like, that's what it sounds like to me. It's fucking, it's fucking disgusting. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's like, uh, ugh. Just, I picture the grossest discharge out of someone's crotch, male or female, whatever you want to go with. It sounds disgusting. Like, uh, oh, God, I don't want to think about it. I can't. I got to move on from mingus. Um, so let's continue with this Mingus plot. Fuck, I can't, it's, gone, it's in there, it's in there, it's infiltrated my brain. I can't, I, we need to move on. Oh God, Mingus, Mingus. 
<laughs> so he's going through his dad's shit after his suicide there, and it's clearly he does a funeral thing, and he starts talking. He gets a little sad there, talking about his dad and how he died, and how his dad's life is perfect, and blah 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 blah. I Mingus, <laughs> oh god, no! So he's going through his shit, and he finds a safe behind the, the behind the Mingus curtain or the closet, and <laughs> he moves the clothes, and he opens the safe, finds a gun, and there's a bullet in there, and it has the name Jeff on it. And we know his name is Jeff Mingus. Oh God. I shouldn't have said his middle name. We know his name is Jeff. A harsh cut to him walking around his campus. Cause he's a professor Mingus. Oh, he's professor Jeff. And he's walking around and he's, everyone's talking like, Hey Jeff, what are you doing Jeff? Oh, not much Jeff. I was talking to Jeff the other day and Jeff was in a real fucking Jeffer. And he's like a fucking Smurf kingdom. What the fuck's And then the guy calls his dog over and he's like, Hey Jeff, come on over here. And the dog's like, rawr, rawr, rawr. Hey Jeff. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Hey Jeffrey. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Everyone's name is Jeff. And I feel like this episode would have worked better, or at least this section would have worked better if if this happened before he found the bullet labeled Jeff, because then we're not thinking the bullet's meant for him. But maybe we're supposed to think that. I don't know. I think it would work better if we hear everyone else's name Jeff, and then we see the bullet named Jeff. And then we're like, oh, who's that meant for, them or him? But we see it labeled him. He's the only Jeff we know now. And then we hear everyone else's name, Jeff. But I'm still going, it's probably meant for him then, right? Why label it Jeff? I don't know. I don't get it at all. Let's just move on, because it doesn't fucking matter. So he gets, he goes, he shows up and he gets some mail. And we realize he's at his wife's house, because she comes out fucking brandishing a fucking like nine millimeter. And she's like, I don't know how the thing works. And he's like, oh, I was just getting here getting mail. I'm sorry. And he's all scared. And then uh, she has a fucking gun for some reason. Everyone has a fucking gun. Nobody's allowed to work it because they're fucking giant pussies. Really, it's just saying the, the if we're going off the far left shit that we've been dealing with for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, that the far left doesn't know how to handle guns. And really, that's the issue here. But whatever. No political, no political message as far as I could tell. Um, the wife is like, hey, you might want to get your father's estate in order because uh, I'm getting a lawyer as we were previously arguing about how I'm not going to when you find out your father's dying. And she doesn't say sorry. She doesn't say a word about it. She doesn't say anything to her ex-husband. Just kind of moves past it and goes, hey, by the way, getting a lawyer, and I fell in love with another man and another man's cock, and I love his balls. And his name is Jeff, by the way. And his balls are great. And you should really fall in love with Jeff Mingus. Oh, Jeff Mingus. <laughs> uh, so she opens... She gives she gives uh, Jeff uh, not not gonna say his middle name. She gives him a package, and he uh, brings it home. And he's like, "That's probably my father's gun." Opens it up at home, sees it's a gun. Uh, I didn't. I mentioned the gun earlier. It's not there yet, but now it's here. Um, she he sees it has the same note in the police packaging where it says, "You know, I love him more than I love you," or whatever. And I'm like, "Are these from?" I was starting to like guess on where this is going. I'm like, "Are these from his future?" I think that's what they're trying to make you think. Like, because we saw in the previous scene, his wife has fallen in love with someone else. It says, I love you more than I love him. Or I love him more than I love you, whatever. And you're kind of, I think you're supposed to think like, and I was, so kudos. I was thinking like, are these from his future? Like he killed his Jeff. And then she leaves a note. Jeff meaning the new boyfriend. Everyone's named Jeff there. Kind of hard to get track of. Doesn't matter. Um, he calls some guy to sell the gun. The guy knows way too much fucking information about the gun. His name is Bob Jeff, which is fucking stupid. He, he tells him the gun is made in Cuba. Uh, che Guevara wanted the gun. 
Um, and once only so many owners have owned the gun and, blah, and he doesn't get into it, I think you're, you could tell he's about to say every owner's killed themselves. Uh, while he's on the phone to sell it, the gun like gets angry and jealous about the conversation, and it goes off and it fires and it, like makes Jeff freak the fuck out, obviously. And I was like, this is the most informative salesman ever. Because he's like, oh, this gun is this. is and like he has a fucking book on the Blue Scorpion gun in front of him. And he's like just waiting for this phone call. Like he's a monk and this is his one one thing in life. Like like he heard the ancient prophecy of the Blue Scorpion. Some, some elder monk is like, you don't know when, but someone will call you. Be by the phone. They will mention a gun. You will ask, is it the blue scorpion? Does it have it on it? Is it encased in marble on the side of the handle? You will ask for the serial number. You will look up the serial number. You will realize it is this gun. Not every call will be this call, but eventually it will happen. I cannot tell you when. I cannot tell you where. But this phone call will come in. You will look up the blue scorpion in this book. You will proceed to give an an insane amount of dialogue, an insane amount of... uh, description of this gun which is unwarranted in the time and but you will say everything in this book to this person on the phone and they will go huh and you're gonna go no 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 let me continue bitch and you're gonna continue bitch and they will hear none of it because a gun has gone off because the gun is haunted what you don't realize is your role in this episode is going to be consistent throughout the episode but really plays an ultimate goal or or finalization in the plot you're just there to be something mysterious you're gonna call a sev- you're gonna call several times throughout the episode. Eventually, you're gonna get yelled at over the phone, to told to fuck off, and fuck off you shall, monk, young monk. So remember this: it could be thirty years, could be forty years, could be eighty years. I do not know. If it doesn't happen in your lifetime, make sure you pass it down to the young below you, monk below you. Make sure you pass it on. Point is, you're fucking pointless in this episode, and you do not come into play. And we never see you on camera. What the fuck was this? What the fuck was this at all? I have no idea. Bob Jeff, go fuck yourself. You don't matter. So that's it. He he doesn't sell the gun yet. And then he goes to school and some fucking student shows up. And then she tells him like everything she has at home is speaking to her. And everything is getting jealous of each other. She's like, my shoes by the door are talking to my ties. And my ties are talking to my, 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 my little dresses up here. My bras are getting really jealous of the ice cubes. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What is happening in this fucking episode? Who is this person? We haven't seen her. We don't see her again. Eventually she drops the guy's class and leaves the fucking room. And that's the end of her. She might as well die. We don't know. I don't fucking ma- I don't know why she matters. It doesn't it doesn't come back up. But then after she leaves, we see Ann's lawyer like fucking creeping out staring through the glass in the door like a fucking weirdo and he comes in he's like, "Hey, I'm her lawyer. I'm Ann's lawyer. My name is Jeff Jefferson. I'm from Jeffersonville, Jefferson. That's a state. It it, it stopped existing. Now it's known as Missouri." Like, what the fuck is this guy? Everything about him is Jeff. He's like, you can call me at 1-800-JEFF-JEFF. And uh, it's spelled really weird. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, but here's my card. It's printed on Jeff paper. And, uh, yeah, go ahead and call me at any, any you know, around the, I'm, I'm available around the Jeff. And, uh, you know, Jeff to Jeff. Uh, that's 24-7 for people who don't speak Jeff. And uh, if you don't speak Japanese, i, I got to translate for you. And then and, and, uh, guy's like, get the fuck out of here. Jeff, Jeff from Jefford. Jeff Jefferson. And my like, God, so many Jeffs in a row. Fucking calm down. God, I'm going to get Jeff OD. Good Christ. And then I wrote, at this point, 18 minutes in and no clear political message, which is just fucking fantastic. But I'm still waiting for it because I have real trust issues with this show. It has become the walking dead for me. It's like an abusive boyfriend. I keep coming back to it and I don't know why. I'm going, waiting for... 
I left the tinfoil out on the wrong counter, and I'm going to get fucking socked in the eye for it. And But really, it's because he doesn't want the tinfoil out and he loves me. But, you know, what can I do about it? But the point is, uh, uh, Jeff smokes a joint. He listens to a song that made the LIW name, which I played at the beginning here, from Jefferson's, Jefferson Airship, Airplane. Jefferson Starship, Jefferson Airplane, whatever the fuck ever. Uh, White Rabbit. Uh, there's a gun on another bed. He goes into another room. There's a gun in the bed and like his dad's bed. And then some fucking Cuban guys in the corner. And he says like three lines of dialogue, then vanishes. And I'm like, that was pointless. And, um, at this point I'm like, cause Jeff smoked a fucking joint and he sees, he's seeing this shit. And I'm like, I, I guarantee, I guarantee because I know I'm just aware of how the far left works. And I keep saying far left, not saying I'm not liberal, but just saying the fucking far left is ridiculous. Fuck them. Fuck them as much as the far right. Seriously, fuck them. Fuck the far left. Point is, they're not going to talk about an opium addiction episode. They're not going to talk about like drug addiction. They're not going to go down that road. Because that road exposes their side to, to, the, to the marijuana policies and all that sort of shit. Legalization of marijuana. Which really, if there's one threat to this country, it's going to be fucking opium. It's going to be pills. It's going to be pain kills. It's going to be something along those lines. Heart disease. Something like that. But something the far left has zero interest in. Because it doesn't fucking matter. They'd rather preach to you about, not all men. Yes, all men. That sort of shit. Which I agree is a fucking problem. But holy shit. You have to address the actual fucking issues. It's just it's just the issues they pick and choose, which is why I have a fucking problem with the far-left episodes and the far-left political messaging of this show, which is a real fucking problem because we have a guy smoking a joint, seeing a fucking Cuban guy in the corner talking to him, and he's like, oh, I'm way too high for this. But it's played off like, ha, 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 ha. It's not played off like, oh, what a reckless drug addict. Oh, what an irresponsible man. Nope, not at all. Because he's sitting there like swinging a gun around after this. And he's like, click, 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 firing at the, at the, I'm going out of order here, but fuck it, I don't care. Firing at the, at the, at the, the ceiling, firing it at the nothing around him. And then he aims it at the guy outside, the neighbor taking out his trash. And he's like, he doesn't fire the gun. I'm like, waiting. You expect him to fire the gun and there's actually a bullet in there somewhere out of nowhere. Again, I'm just waiting for some sort of political leaning here because it hasn't happened yet, and I'm just fucking waiting for it. And and just driving me insane at this point. Oh, but what happens before that when he's firing the gun is he goes to the gun range to sell the gun, or he's going to the gun range to fire it. He's like, I want to sell the, I want to sell this gun. I want to fire it before I sell it, which makes sense. But instead, they have some sort of asshole fucking guy that works there. And a lady that works there, and the, the asshole guy goes, why do you want to fire it? What the fuck do you want to fire this weapon for? And he's like, because I'm, I'm fucking paying you to fire this fucking weapon here. What the fuck are you giving me shit for, motherfucker? That's what he should have said. But the guy's like, why do you want to fire this weapon if you're just going to sell it? And I'm like, if you sell anything, you want to make sure it works to make sure you're not going like, to look like an asshole when you show up. And the guy's like, this doesn't work. And you're like, oh. Like, if you sell a laptop, you're going to turn that fucker on one more time and go, okay, it works. Bye. Turn it on. I'll let the guy that's, that buys it turn it on to make sure it works. You're not just going to show up blind and go, oh, it doesn't work? Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. And to, to go against the asshole notion here, it gets even weirder. And Jeff, who is the guy that works at the gun shop, because of course it is, doesn't notice when our main guy, uh, Chris O'Dowd, goes, Chris O'Dowd, goes, I have to fire it because strange things have been happening since I've owned this gun. 
and there's a bullet here that says the name Jeff. And the woman goes, his name is Jeff. And the guy goes, cool, man, head on in there. And I go, that was your warning sign. Not he wants to fire a gun he wants to sell. The fact that your bullet, the bullet the guy has, the only bullet the guy wants to fire, has your fucking name on it, really should be the main concern here. Really should be the only concern here. That's when you should be turning into an asshole going, why the fuck do you have a bullet with my name on it, dildo? Get the fuck out of my store. That should be the time you're in your dick, but no, he's a dick up until he sees the bullet named Jeff, in which case he's like, you, you named the bullet after me, did you? <laughs> Get on in there, you scamp. <laughs> oh, have fun in there, you, you too. <laughs> you and your Jeff bullet. <laughs> uh, why are you coming in back behind the counter with that bullet? Oh, it's weird. <laughs> we'll see what happens here. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I hated this scene. I hated this scene for real. He goes and fires weapons. There's a cool sequence there. Again, the music in this series is great. He's taking on his headphones and like kind of like tapping them, and the music picks up when he taps them. Really quick, really great, though. Really enjoyed that scene very quick. He's shooting a bunch of bullets like behind his back and around, blah, 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 and he's terrible. He's a terrible shot. That's kind of the point. And he doesn't shoot the Jeff bullet, and he's like, I'll save you for later. I'm like, the one bullet you fucking brought in there, you deal that is going to shoot, you fucking son of a bitch, and let's continue on. Um, I, I laughed at the fact that the entire premise behind this is, or the backstory of the gun is you can't leave it alone in the dark because the gun is scared of the dark. That is fucking stupid. Citizens, that's fucking stupid. I don't know why the gun cares. Guns don't have eyes. If it were spooky, spooky, supernatural, I don't know why it cares. They, they're used to the darkness, right? What the fuck does the light have to do with it? What the fuck? What 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 is happening? It's like a fucking mogwai. You can't feed it after midnight. Like how the fuck do you obey that rule? Is it going off time zone? I don't I don't understand the rules. It just doesn't make any sense. And really, who fucking cares at some point? But uh, so let's just continue because oh god, Jeff shows up. And he's at uh, he's in a meeting. The lawyer shows up. Lawyer named Jeff. His ex and her boy, new boyfriend Jeff show up. Everyone's Jeff. And I'm waiting for like, does after the storyline happen? After this episode is over, is everyone still named Jeff, or is this like everyone says the name Jeff and reads the name Jeff, but they're not really named Jeff? Kind of like the bullet vis- disappears with the name Jeff, and the word Jeff has lost all meaning. Oh shit, I've gone cross-eyed. But the point is, they all show up there at the meeting. Um, our main character, Jeff, uh, I don't want to say his fucking middle name. I can't go into that again, but Jeffrey Mingus, oh God, uh, puts the backpack on the desk and I'm like, oh, he has a gun, but I guess he doesn't because he pulls out like a clipboard or some paperwork and then he proceeds to freak out on the lawyer, Jeff, and screaming like, I'm going to fucking, it's my fucking money. How you can't fucking take it. And then he goes to leave and he's hitting the elevator button. He's getting inside the elevator and he looks at his ex-wife and he goes, I loved him more than I ever loved you. And he yells it at her. And I'm like, he's yelling the note at her. So that therefore, it's probably not a note she wrote to him. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, okay. At this point, I'm like, what's going on here? Okay. He starts to like go home, home meeting his dad's house. And he's having like weird dreams or something. And he has like a, a phone keeps ringing. And he, it's a salesman, Bob Jeff. And he tells him to fuck off. And this is when he does his whole pointing his gun at nothing and saying the word boom, and he points it at the neighbor and blah, blah, blah. He doesn't, he doesn't shoot, but he realizes he could have, and he kind of has a real realization there. And he like points the gun to the right a little more, and he's, real, he's pointing at his own reflection. And I think that was the point where I was like, okay, he's not going to shoot himself because that was a little too fucking obvious, and I can't imagine they'd be that obvious. I'm trying to give him a little benefit of the doubt so far. 
I'm really struggling to give these people credit in the new show at this point after so many shit episodes. I'm really fucking trying to give them a little bit of credit. And it's, I'm struggling. I'm struggling like a fucking, like a junkie, like three week, you know, or about to get my month sobriety chip. I'm really struggling to trust. I'm really struggling to trust myself and trust these people. And it might slip back in. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I, I don't trust these motherfuckers for anything. I, I, I've seen what they've done. And I'm waiting for this hidden political message to come springing up like a fucking jack-in-the-box. Like, this episode is just the whole time for like 30 minutes at this point going... And I'm sitting here going, no, no, go ahead and stay a normal episode. Be sci-fi. I'm fine. I don't want to see this fucking political jack-in-the-box come in and spray me in the fucking face. Like, ah, there's a gun. I have a gun. Don't, bad guns are bad. And I'm waiting for this shit to go down. And I'm like, no, please, no. I don't want to see that. I don't want a political message in my face. God. So that's how I'm feeling at this point. And I'm still waiting. And I'm still waiting for this fucking jack-in-the-box to come punch me in the fucking nose and give me a bruise, a blue bruise, if you will. And I'm just waiting for the Twitter feed to hit me over the fucking face and just leave me, I don't want to say black and blue, but just blue, just blue in the face. And I'm waiting. And he goes and he parks outside his ex's house and he's watching her through the window and he's like, you think you love her? (laughs) Come on, other Jeff. Fuck you. Someone smashes in his window, which I have so many, so many thoughts on right now, but, and I didn't think about this till right now. Someone smashes in his window. He's trying to fight it off. He tries to grab the gun. The guy outside the outside the window like points the gun at Je- our main character Jeff's head. I have to specify which Jeff. This is fucking stupid. Tries to point it at main character Jeff's head to shoot himself in the face. Jeff, Jeff, our main Jeff in the face. Our, our main Jeff moves the gun around, throws it on the dashboard, tries to grab it. He can't. Fights with the Jeff outside the window, which we it is his name is Jeff by the way. So it's Jeff on Jeff crime, Jeff on Jeff action here. Really hate crime. They're starting to fight, and all of a sudden, Je- outside carjacker Jeff falls down dead after the gun goes off. We realize the gun on the dashboard fired itself. We see the the shell on the ground, which I don't know how the fuck the, the shell ended up outside the car when the gun was on the dashboard. I don't know how they think guns work. I don't. I don't know. But whatever. The gun outside on the ground next to the dead body says Jeff, and it fades away. And I'm like, should be on the dashboard. Did I see that wrong? Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I should go ahead and rewind it. It's right in front in front of me. I, I, I drove me insane. But the point is, I didn't I didn't understand the ending because what's what's the what's the message here? <sighs> Let me finish. Let me finish the episode, and then we'll get into the message because. He sh- Jeff gets shot. The cops show up. They take get, they like arrest Jeff, our main Jeff. He goes, like it's the guy that's the guy that's been breaking in the houses, you know, Mister Barrett. That's the cop fucking says out loud in front of their murder suspect. And he goes, let me guess, Jeff Barrett. And he goes, how do you know? And they arrest him. Comes back to his. Uh, cuts back to later. Everything's like super happy, happy. The newspaper shows up and it says, local professor declared hero after capturing serial burger. I'm like, he fucking shot him in the sternum and he died. How the fuck did he capture the motherfucker? He shot him like right in the fucking chest and the guy's dead. How is that considered a capture? What the fuck police? What the fuck are they having here? What? What? 
how, what? I don't, I don't understand this at all. I don't know how that's considered uh, capturing a guy when you shoot him in the fucking chest and the guy's dead. I don't understand. But and why the fuck if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're a burglar, if you're a serial burglar, why are you smashing in car windows and going, "I want your car"? I'm a serial car house burglar, and that's why everyone's scared of me. But I'm gonna break into your car. Give me your car. I want a car with a person in it. I want a car jack. That's not a serial burglar. That is so erratic. He could have waited the five minutes for the Jeff Jeff to leave, our main character Jeff to leave, and and fucking went in the house and burgled it. I don't know what the fuck his plan was, why he was so impatient and decided to carjack Jeff. I have no fucking idea who this guy is, why he did it. It doesn't make any sense. The guy We never saw the guy before. He didn't come into play. It didn't matter. It came out of nowhere, and it ended our character storyline, and I couldn't fucking follow it. Ended it meaning as far as this curse goes, because after this, he gets like, like I said, he gets the, the, the newspaper saying he's a hero. Um, uh, there's like a weird happiness thing where it seems super fake. Like his wife concedes during a divorce and she's like, you can have all your money. I don't even care. You're a hero. <laughs> and then he gets a promotion at work and then a fucking policeman drops his gun back off and he's like looking at the gun like, oh no. And I ex- you expect like, oh, the gun's back. He's cursed again. But instead he walks over to a lake and he's like, Wee! whips the bitch into the fucking lake and he's like it's the exact same lake from nightmare at thirty thousand feet which where the ending take place it clearly is and then um he throws the gun in the fucking lake two kids fishing come by and they're fucking like they find the gun and they're whipping it around the bullet has the name of kyle on it which is one of the kids and the, the other kid proceeds to point the gun directly at kyle's head he's like you're under arrest i'm like you kids kind of deserve to die at this point this isn't so much as like anti-gun as, as, as it is, uh, hey, ki- hey, parents, teach your kids not to, when they find a gun, don't just point it at your friend's head after you put a bullet in it, or ever, really. And, and in fact, just leave the fuck alone. It's not that exciting. Trust me, point, pulling a trigger on a gun once is not that fucking exciting. I don't know what the fuck you're going to If you're going to shoot someone, that is exciting. Trust me, it is fucking exciting. Oh, oh God, it's a thrill of your fucking life. Taking a life is something fascinating behind it. It is something to behold. <laughs> <laughs> if you find a homeless man in an alley and nobody's around, stealing a life is it's majestic. You feel like a god. But just killing your friend by a lake doesn't really do anything because it doesn't feel you're not like purposely doing it. So it doesn't really feel like much, but like when you pull a, like pull your gun out at a homeless man and you pull the trigger, it is a majestic feeling, and you feel like a golden god, and you ended a life, and you now own his soul. And if you have a hunter's knife and carve out his carve out his heart and eat it, you own his strength. But if you're just like two teenagers by a lake, who gives a shit? It's it's like an accident. It doesn't even matter. So just leave the fucking gun alone. You're not going to enjoy it the way I would in an alleyway with a homeless man. It's not going to matter. Fucking leave it the fuck alone. That's the point of the episode, right? Because then Jordan Peele does his lazy as fuck outro, which I kind of want to play right now. I don't know if it's exactly queued up, but it's pretty close. Let's go ahead and find out. Human beings have a funny way of treating things like people. But today to learn that as long as objects are valued more than lives, tragedy will forever be manufactured here in the Twilight Zone. Fucking terrible. It's the worst outro ever. Human beings have a way of treating objects like humans. People like their guns way too much. I get it. I do get it. In far left... 
I'm more on your side than I am on the far right, but calm the fuck down. Calm the fuck down. Because your your ideology, I agree with the same with with guns. I I feel like everything that you're saying about the you know the right or the the gun toning can be used against you in in a court of law. No, I'm. I don't want to go down a political rabbit rabbit hole right now. I really don't. I'm not going to do it because the episode didn't force me. So for once, I'd like to move the fuck on and just talk about the episode. Um, the episode is the the episode is good. As much as I bitched about it, the actual sci-fi of the episode followed through from beginning to end. The political message was, wasn't was very, very apparent until Jordan Peele's outro, which drove me fucking crazy. That's why I hated it. It was garbage. But I'd rather have that. I'd rather have him say, this is what this episode was about, motherfuckers, so go ahead and believe this. I'd rather have that than have the episode be ruined by that political message saying that. I dropped something on Twitter a week or so, maybe two weeks ago, which shows the difference between 1959 and 2019 Twilight Zone. I feel like nobody looked at it. Certain people did. Go ahead and check it out. It, it, feel, it sums up my, my feeling for the new series. It really does. I fucking... It's, it's insane how shitty this new series is. And it's a bummer because so far, what, five out of nine of them have had severe political messages... Not including this one. I'm not including this one. When I saw the word gun, I thought it was going to, but it doesn't. I like this episode. It's it's fine. I like it. There's no Jordan Peele on location at the ending, which is what I was hoping for. Uh, but, you know, at least next week, at least next week, which I did see a real quick snippet of, which I was hoping not to, we have Seth Rogen. We have him next week. And I can't imagine he would be in something that's severely politically driven. Like, as far, like, super on the nose. He seems like a little more, like, let's at least fuck around and have fun with it sort of thing. So I'm a little optimistic. It's called Blurry Man. They finally released the, they finally released the episode 10 episode name, which is called Blurry Man. Which sounds like it's going to be like a Slender Man thing. And that kind of bums me out a little bit. But I think he's a writer. From what I heard, he's like, all writers think they're hacks. That's literally all I heard in the uh, next week on Twilight Zone. So I'm a little, uh. Confused, a little concerned, but I'm 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 looking more optimistic than I have in weeks. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully Frank's around next week. He told me to watch today's episode and we record it, and, and then he, he just vanished into the, into the into the wind, like a real fucking Jeff would, like a real fucking Jeff dildo. <sighs> fucking Jeff. So uh, me and Jeff next week are going to discuss this Jeff episode. Uh, it's called uh, One Ten. Blurry Jeff, and we're going to review it on this show, L.I.W. The Jeff Review. So until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Jeff West. So long, Jeffersons.